0: The Last Laugh Written by Eric Lee Garcia Audiobook Version Plot Synopsis Alejandro and his family go shopping at the plaza. Andrew is given the task to hire new lawyers. Eric and his friends prepare to go all out on a prank on the last day of sophomore year. Extra Thoughts I started writing this chapter at the end of September 2020. Several chapters around this time in my life would take one month to fully finish. It must be noted that each chapter at this time averaged 35 pages. Almost every chapter in these days averages 50 to 58 pages now. This chapter dives into a bit of Andrew's lawyer job as we haven't seen much of it. I do hope to have more lawyer scenes in the future as I had fun writing this scene with all the lawyers. This chapter also brings the subplot of the creepy clown to an end as Eric's friends help him fulfill one last joke before the school year ends. Let's begin. Disclosure. Let me remind you that several storylines here are fictionalized slash fictional. This is not a biography or of any relation to real people, places, or things. 1. Fresh Blood Part 1 2. The Clown Reveal Part 1 3. The Dilemma 4. Fresh Blood Part 2 5. Recovery, Continued 6. Fresh Blood Part 3 7. The Ice Cream with Sprinkles 8. The pizza dinner. Scene 1. Fresh Blood Part 1. 9.19 am. March 7, 2049. We see Andrew in front of a big table with several seats filled. He's speaking to a bunch of younger looking people wearing suits. We get a look around the room and we see six men and two women. One of the women has glasses on. It's disproportional with the number of men in the meeting. They all nod as we now can see the scene focusing on Andrew's blue tie for a second. It slowly goes up focusing on his outfit as we can almost see his face. We then zoom out and see his face as we can now hear what he is speaking. Andrew. 92.795% winning rate. Those numbers are higher than our competition five hours away. Their numbers aren't as good as ours. These numbers are only going to go up from here. They've slowly gotten up over the years. We got some of the best lawyers in this company. Mr. Yall, my boss has always inspired us to be better than yesterday and even better tomorrow. He is one of the best men I have ever worked and that I'm ever bound to work with. You all would be lucky to be joining our company. We only want the best. We need the best guys. I know some of you just graduated law school. I get it. Some of you are ready to join the big boys. There are eight of you here. We will only be hiring three of you. One of the suits raises his hand to ask a question. Andrew acknowledges him and nods to him. Andrew. Question. Suit one. If you're only going to choose three of us, why don't you pick the three most qualified? Andrew. You all are equally qualified. I've read every one of your files. Now, some of my colleagues would have just said, pick the three who went to the most prestigious schools. That doesn't always equal results. You can go to the greatest school in the world and still be a terrible lawyer. You can even go to the worst law school in the world and be a great lawyer. It works both ways. Suit two. How are you going to pick the three then? Andrew. Lawyers need attitude. They need to be ready. They need to be fearless, ruthless. We have to defend people, companies, corporations no matter if they are at fault. It's not an easy job people. Is it rough? Yes. Not everyone can defend someone who is clearly at fault, but we do it because it's our job. I want you to love your job people. How many of you became lawyers because you like money? Everybody raises their hand except the girl with glasses. Andrew notices that she didn't raise her hand. Andrew. Why did you want to become a lawyer? Suit three. I became a lawyer because my mother said it would be good for me. She thought I would fit perfectly with the other lawyers. Andrew. Was your mother or your father a lawyer? Suit three. Heavens no. My mother was a maid for most of her life. And my father was an alcoholic who died many years ago. Andrew. Well, I'm sorry about your father. Suit three. Don't be please. Andrew. What do you mean? Suit 3. My father was an alcoholic who killed himself slowly drinking all the time. He cared more about getting his buzz on than actually worrying about his family. I vowed many years ago that I would never become like him. He was such a disgrace of a human being. He was a waste of life and I don't need you telling me sorry that he died because that alcohol should have killed him a long time before he actually died. Andrew. Um, that's actually a lot to take in. Suit 3. I've been told that it is but now that I've cleared the air with that you can continue on what you were saying. I apologize for blurting all of that out. It was perhaps unnecessary. Andrew. Let's continue then. The way I'm going to decide is simple. One of the best skills a lawyer can have is his words. I'm going to have each of you to tell me a speech of why we should hire you. Suit four. We weren't told that we needed to have a speech ready. Suit five. Are we going to have time to write this speech? Andrew. I'm going to give you all 15 minutes to write or to figure out said speech. Do you have to write it? It doesn't matter to me but you have to persuade me why I should hire you. I want to see and feel your words flow because a lawyer's greatest weapon is his or her wordplay. 15 minutes starting. Now. Everyone begins flipping through papers erratically as Andrew smiles. He walks out of the room and pulls out his phone. He begins dialing and then raises it to his ear. Slowly, he paces back and forth. Andrew. Hi baby. Carol. Hey you. What's up? Andrew. I'm doing interviews right now. Carol. Oh yeah. Today was the big day. How many do you got? Andrew. Well, we originally had 29 applicants. Carol. That seems like a lot. Andrew. We do good things here. Carol. So I've been told haha. Andrew. Where are you? Carol. I'm getting myself and your little girl ready. Andrew. Where are you going? Carol. Frasa invited me and Leah to go shopping. Andrew. Where are you planning to go shopping if I may ask? Carol. The plaza. Andrew. That sounds, that sounds fun. Carol. It should be fun. It's been a while since I shop, you know? I'm getting my thin body back so it's time to find something new. Andrew. Well looks like you'll be having a busy day. Carol. It's just another day for me honey. Andrew. Are we still set for dinner at my dad's house? Carol. I, I would think so. He didn't say we weren't meeting over there today. Andrew. Okay. Okay. Hey, you know I love you? Carol. How much? Andrew. A lot. Like, more than a lot. Carol. A lot, a lot? Andrew, more than that. Carol, I love you too, baby. Have a good day, lover. Andrew, you have a good day, lover. I'll be thinking about you. Carol, you better be. Andrew, always love you. Bye. Carol, love you. Bye. The call ends. Andrew hangs up the phone and smiles to himself. He looks at his watch and walks back into the room as the screen goes black. Dash. Scene 2. The Clown Reveal Part 1. 8.03 AM. June 3, 2014. The last day of sophomore year. The scene opens up at Eric's school. We see the empty hallways as Eric begins walking down the long hallway. He walks up and down the empty hallway and we see Silver and Luis at the end of the hallway meeting up with him. Luis. Are you sure about this Chinito? It's going to make a mess everywhere. Eric. I'm sure. Don't worry. They're not going to find out anything. I got the flyers in my backpack. Luis. All right. Well, when should we do it? Eric. Before school ends today. It's the last day of sophomore year. Let's end it with a bang. Silver. Ha He's the clown. I still can't believe it bro. Eric. Everyone will know by the end of the day. Let's get breakfast guys. Our final breakfast is sophomores. Where did the time go? I only wish Gabby were here to see all this. I told her about it, but it won't be the same as her seeing it if she were here. Luis. Nita, Nita, where did it go? Silver. It felt like yesterday was the first day of high school and after today we'll be 50% done with high school. Damn, we still got a long way to go. College too. Well, for those of us planning to go, right? Luis. You don't think I'm going? Silver i i didn't say that Luis. you trying to imply something eric i think i'm going to silver well that's good i'm glad you two are considering going eric and Luis look at each other unsure if silver was trying to be offending or if he just unintentionally says comments that he shouldn't say in that tone eric let's just discuss the prank again last thing we need is for it to go all wrong They begin walking towards the cafeteria as the screen goes black. The scene then opens again with them sitting down at the table with Miguel and Jerry joining them at the table. The camera shows the clock read 8.28 am as it slowly goes back to them sitting down almost finished with their breakfast. Miguel. So, that's the plan bra? Eric. Yeah. Miguel. Don't you think you're doing a little too much? Eric. I think it's just the right amount. I can't do it without you guys. Silver. We'll help you bro. We got your back. Jerry. You actually brought one? Eric. Yeah I have it in my backpack. Jerry. I don't know bro, I don't know if it's worth it. Eric. It's the last day of school bro. I'll need one of you to blow this horn. Jerry. I'll do it. If somebody gets to blow the horn, it has to be me. Eric. Jerry's got the horn. You all got the candies. Luis, you got the joker cards. Each of you has an important role. When Jerry blows the horn, you all will empty the candy by throwing it up in the air and Luis will already have dumped some joker cards on the ground. When they reach for the candy, they'll see the joker cards and they'll see me. I got other friends helping in different hallways. I thought about pulling the fire alarm but that would be going completely overboard. Jerry. I think you fucking lost it buddy but alright I fully support this because we get to go out with a bang. Eric. I got two guys blowing horns in separate hallways. I got about six guys throwing candy in the air. I got two guys dumping my signature cards on the ground. It's going to be fun. The final prank. Eric gets his phone out and sends out the tweet that will change his Twitter feed forever. He sends out a tweet revealing that he is the clown. And he plans on delivering one final wink to his Twitter followers. The scene switches to Eric sitting at his desk with Nathan and Brian sitting nearby. Eric. You all got the candy, right? Nathan. Don't worry, big boy, we got you. We're going to throw that shit in the air. Teacher. Excuse me? Nathan turns around slowly as he looks at the teacher. Nathan. I don't know. The camera goes to a girl two seats away from Eric and Nathan. Girl 1. Hey, are you really, you know? Eric. Yes. I am the guy who can do three push ups. Girl 1. That's funny. Ha ha. The Twitter world can't stop talking about the creepy clown. Are you really going to release a wild pig in the school? Eric. Who's saying that? They're spoiling all my possibilities. Girl one. People around the school are trying to figure out exactly what you have planned. The clown says he's going out with a bang. Girl two. Are you really the clown? Boy one. Word around the street is that he's going to set the sprinklers off. Girl two. I heard he's going to put a stink bomb in the principal's office. Girl 1. I overheard someone last period say that the clown was going to set fireworks off during lunch. Boy 2. I don't think it's Eric. It can't be this guy. It's one of our friends girls, I've been telling you guys and nobody listens to me. It's one of us. Gear 1 2. Eric's our classmate so he's our friend. Boy 2. He may be our classmate but he's not one of us. No offense. Eric smiles awkwardly not knowing how to react to the comment. Eric. ha ha, I am. You know. I am the one. I can't tell you what I have planned. It's a surprise. The bell rings as everyone is dismissed. The scene switches to Eric having lunch with Brandon, Nathan, and Brian. Brandon. This food never got better. Eric. Hey, I heard you and Brenda are still talking. Brandon. We're taking things slow you know. She's into me and I'm into her, but we want to get to know each other first, you know? Eric. I get you bro. Nathan. Hey, did Gabby give you anything before she left? Eric. No, no, she didn't. Nathan. I saw the two of you that day. You all shared a look. Something happened, didn't it? Why you lying big boy? Brandon. He doesn't like to kiss and tell. Eric. Yeah, what Brandon said. I'm a private person ha. She was special to me and she always will be. I'll miss her very much and I wish her the best in life. We still text, but eventually she'll make new friends or I'll make new friends and we'll grow apart. It's reality. Nathan. Since when did you become a realist? Eric. I've been slowly evolving. Ha. Like a fish. Nathan. I mean, it's true though. You are like a fish. Always have been. Eric you all know what you're going to do, right? Nathan. We got you covered, bruh. Brandon. We got you, bro. Brian. Yeah, we all got you. I feel like we are going too far and we could get in trouble, guys. Eric, Nathan, and Brandon all stare to turn to Brian. Brian gets a serious look on his face, too. Brian. But fuck it. Ha. ha. Nathan. We gots to finish this year on a high note. We've seen too much shit this year. We need a release. This shall be that release. Eric claps as he smiles. Brandon nods, laughing along as the camera pans back with the screen going black. Dash. Scene three. The dilemma. 2 49 PM. March 7, 2049. The scene opens up with someone wearing Tara Brown shoes, walking up and down in what appears to be a mall. Each step is heard loudly as they continue walking. We then see smaller feet wearing blue converse shoes next to them. We see it's Alejandro wearing a navy suit and matching trousers as we only see his outfit from behind as Brian is wearing khaki shorts and a cartoon shirt. We now see them walking from the front as they pass several stores just window shopping. We can now see Alejandro wearing a white undershirt as his tie is a bright maroon. They start speaking as Brian stops and turns to speak to his grandpa. Brian. Where should we go first grandpa? Alejandro. I wouldn't mind a pair of shoes. I think we both could use a pair of shoes brian i think i got some money somewhere here brian reaches into his pockets trying to pull out money alejandro smiles at the thought that brian thinks he'll be paying for anything alejandro wouldn't allow it alejandro oh no son i couldn't expect you to use your money grandpa's got you brian pulls out a wallet with a roaring t-rex brian are you sure alejandro very sure my boy Brian smiles at the wallet for a second and then puts it back in his back pocket. Brian. All right, well, well, thank you, grandpa. Alejandro. Let's see what this place has. They enter a shoe store as we can see a guy with a shopping bag a couple of feet behind them speak into his ear as he appears to follow right behind them. He pretends to look at shoes as he keeps an eye on them. We are then shown another guy in a women's store speak into an earpiece as well. He walks around in normal clothes and carries a shopping bag too. We are then shown another one leaning against the wall as they speak to each other every now and then. We then see another one sitting in what appears to be the food court as he sips a cup of coffee. The one inside the women's store looks at Freysa, Leah, and Carol. He sees them and we see Freysa notice the man. He nods to her as Freysa and the women continue shopping up and down the store. Leah. I needed a day for the girls. Carol. Me too. It's always the baby this and the baby that, the crying and the holding and the cleaning up the mess. It's exhausting. Am I, am I bad mother for wanting to get away from it all? Freysa. Not at all. You are a very good mother. Mothers need their days. They deserve their days off from being a mother every once in a while. I remember my little one. He was such an angel the little one. Leah. You have kids Freysa? Freysa. kid. I would have loved to have more but I was always busy and well, you need a man who wants to have children. Leah. Were you married before Freysa? Freysa. I, I was but it feels like it was ages ago. We divorced like 10 years ago. Something like that. Around there. Marriage is such a big thing that I feel isn't appreciated enough anymore. People get married for the wrong reasons and those should get married, never marry. What a tragedy really. Freysa grabs a purple sparkly blouse. Fraysa. I love it. I love it. It would go perfect on you Leah. Leah. You think so? Fraysa. Oh yes girl. Carol. What do you all think of this outfit? Carol picks out a silver dress that's open in the back. Fraysa. I think that outfit would go perfectly with a hat like this one. Fraser reaches for an oversized gray silver hat. It looks like something Princess Diana would have worn. Carol. You know outfits girl. Freysa. Shopping can be so therapeutic ladies and don't you all ever forget it. Carol. I'm taking notes haha. I think I'm going to try it out. Carol begins to walk away and exits the scene temporarily. Leah. You've known my father for a really long time huh? Freysa. I like this, yes darling. I've known him almost my whole life. Well it feels like my whole life haha. We lost a few years in between, but we almost always somehow someway returned to find each other. Leah. Did you know my mother? Like my actual birth mother? Freysa. Now this should be thrown away. Why would they sell this? You? No, darling. I've only heard stories about her. I'm sure the same ones you've heard. I'm sure she loved you very much. I'm sure she would be proud to have a daughter like you because if you were my daughter, I would be proud. A businesswoman is somebody to admire. Leah. I, I try to be good. I always have. Fraysa. Looks like the Hernandezes did a good job then. Leah. You sound like my dad. Fraysa. I'm sure by now you know that you and Andrew are a shining beam of sunlight. He's not, he's not the same man anymore. I've seen him do things, say things that I, I never thought I would hear or see. Leah. Really? Fraysa. Oh yeah. You just don't see it because you haven't known him as long as I have, but he's, he's changing for the better. Leah. He tries really hard, doesn't he? Freysa. Oh yeah, he does. Love does that to people. Leah. I guess it does. Carol comes back with the outfit showing herself off in the mirrors. Carol. What do you all think? I think I look good. I just had a baby a couple of months ago, but my body is returning to what it used to be. I don't look like a fat cow anymore. Leah. You look amazing. That's a date night outfit right there. Carol. I need to have a date night soon with this outfit as soon as possible. Let me send Andrew a selfie of myself in this outfit. He probably won't even reply right then and there. He never does. I'll send it anyway. Carol begins taking poses of herself as she smiles for the camera as the scene changes back to Alejandro and Brian. Alejandro. Those were some nice shoes you picked out over there. I liked how you put them on before we even paid for them. Brian. Shoes like this, have to be worn before they are paid for. I can run with these shoes. I can jump with these shoes. I am invincible with these shoes. Brian runs in place as the camera zooms in on his shoes as Alejandro smiles. Alejandro, voiceover. I only found out yesterday that Mike Morales was alive and well, maybe not well, because he'll never be happy, but you get the point. As of today at 8 in the morning, I assembled security to watch over me. Watch over my family. Watch over my team. There's at least 20 hired men at least until we know it's safe. The one following Brian and myself is Luke. He's one of the very best. These 20 men are locked and loaded at any moment's notice. Last thing I'd want is for anyone to get hurt. That would be the last thing I would ever want to happen. I don't hire these guards to protect me. Really? I've lived a life that people only dream of. If this sickness doesn't take me soon enough, something else will. I used to be so careless in my younger years but I got lucky I made it this far. I worry more and more for their safety. They haven't come a-knocking for me yet but maybe one day they will. Sooner or later, we all get taken down and all we are left with is memories of our past life. Whether I rot in a grave site or a jail cell remains to be seen. I don't know how serious the Ides of March is but I am prepared for whatever may come. I've come to accept death but as Mike come to accept that? I don't know how far Mike will go this time around. I fear for my family being collateral damage in this war. One thing's for sure, when I get my hands on Mike. I'm going to do what I should have done that night. I'm going to make sure his heart stops beating when I'm done with him. I don't believe I will be at peace until I know his heart has stopped beating its last beat. Brian. I could go for some pizza. Alejandro. You read my mind. The screen goes black. Dash. Scene 4. Fresh Blood Part 2. 11.21 AM. March 7, 2049. We see Andrew standing in front of the big table of possible future employees. He sees one of them ruffling through papers erratically. Some look calm, unafraid, but almost every single one of them looks nervous in some kind of way. He sees one of them tapping their hand on the table. Another bites the back end of the pen. He watches the seconds left on his watch. He taps his hands loudly on the table and begins walking around the table as he speaks. Andrew. Any volunteers? Suit three. Not it. Suit four. Real mature. This isn't child's play. Suit five. You look a little old to be a lawyer. Suit six. I'm 55. And? Suits four and five laugh with each other. Andrew points at suit four. Suit four leans back in his seat looking dazed. They then stand up almost taking the wrinkles out of their suit coat as he clears his throat before speaking. Suit four. Nice to meet all of you. My name is Victor Steele. Andrew. Nice to meet you, Mr. Steele. Why should I hire you? Go. Suit four. I believe you should hire those of us that have tough skin. I don't know any of you in this room, but it isn't difficult to point out those that have the tough skin and those that don't. I have the tough skin and I believe I can do some amazing things for this firm. If you take me in, I can assure you that your winning rate will only go up and not go any lower with me. Andrew. You have tough skin, huh? Suit 4. Yes, sir. Andrew. If I told you right now that I am a millionaire, my company is being targeted by the IRS for committing fraud, and I openly tell you that I committed fraud, and I, uh, I need you to defend me in court. What do you say to somebody like that? Suit 4. Now, look, sir. I'm going to be straight with you. Things don't look good, but somebody will have to take the fall for the fraud. I can't guarantee you that you will not see the inside of a jail cell, but I can tell you that I will do everything in my power to make sure that nothing bad happens to you, sir. I will defend you like my life depends on it. Andrew. But I committed fraud? Suit four. You are not guilty until proven guilty, sir. We are not going on public opinion, but there may be some cases where it does take an impact, but this is not the case. Andrew. Okay, take a seat. You. Go. Suit 1. I went to the University of Florida and I am. Um, I got a bachelor's in political science and I studied law in Colorado. I was in the top 100 of my class and if there's one thing I know it's discipline. Andrew. Thank you. Suit 1. I'm not done yet. Andrew. I heard enough. Get your suitcase and get out. Suit 1. Okay. Suit one grabs his briefcase and packs all his things and leaves the room with everyone just batting their eyes. The door closes slowly behind him as the next person is given permission to speak. Suit seven. I like winning. I didn't become a lawyer to help people. I'm sorry but it's true. I don't just like winning but I like money too. You see this suit I'm wearing? It's not an ordinary suit. I see a handful of you have the very same brand. That means you got good taste. I'm proud of those that still have some fashion taste. Andrew. You just lost a case. What do you do next? Suit 7. Well I never lose so I don't know what I would do. Andrew. You never lose? Suit 7. No. Andrew. Get out. Now. Next. Suit 7. I have never lost a case but if I did. I would acknowledge that we all fail sometimes. It's part of life. You need to understand that you and everyone around you will fail at some point. Losing isn't bad, but it's how you let it impact you. You get right back up and kick ass. Always. Andrew. Okay. You can stay. Sit down. Andrew notices that there are only five left that he hasn't heard from. Suit three has given her moment to convince Andrew that she deserves to get hired. Andrew. I have heard you speak, but let's see your people skills. I am a child whose father, because of your hard work, will end up being sent to jail for 20 years. That child will be without a father and without a stable income because of you. What would you say to that child? Suit three. This was never personal and I'm deeply sorry that you will grow up without a father. Your father committed crimes that he must pay for. As much as you may want to upset at me, I was just doing my job. I wish your father didn't commit crimes like this. My father was never the greatest either, but he was my father. So I never resented him. I eventually found inner peace with my father and I know one day you will too. Andrew. Hmm. Not bad. I think he would have started crying and saying it's all your fault, but all right. He points at suit two. Suit two. Okay. Let's see. Um. Suit two takes a deep breath and then stands up. They adjust their suit quickly right before speaking. Suit two. Hello future lawyers of America. Mr. Hernandez. Andrew. Let me ask you a question. Just one. What separates you from everyone else here? Suit 2. I've always had passion. I believe my voice resonates with more people here in this hometown because I grew up near the border. I also happen to fluently speak Spanish. If not for that, I will also push and strive for greatness always. Andrew, do you ever plan on getting married? Suit 2. Yes, I'm planning to get married next year. Her name is Juliet and we are very much in love. Andrew, Juliet, huh? And you are her Romeo? Are you always going to be focusing on work? Suit two. When I'm at the office, it's all work. My days off will be respected not because I don't love working here but because my family needs me. They need me. Family will and always will come first. Suit eight. Ha ha. Suit two. What's so funny about that? Suit eight. They don't want some guy who's going to say that family comes first. Bet you won't get hired. He points at suit eight. Andrew. Let me see if I understand this. You believe I want all people to work here because they will be working themselves into the ground? Suit 8. Isn't that what separates the good lawyers from the great? Andrew. People are led to believe that. I myself believe that for a long time but it's not always the case. Our paid time off is paid time off. Doesn't matter the situation or the case, if you aren't here, you are not to be bothered. Family values are important here. Always will be. Get out. Suit 8. I would have worked my ass off here. Andrew. I'm sure you would have but your values don't match up with ours. Goodbye. Have a good day. Now, we got two left that I have yet to hear speak. Suits 5 and 6. Suit 6. Suit 6. Yes sir? Andrew. It says here you were a lawyer's assistant for more than 15 years. Suit 6. Yes. Yes sir. Andrew. It also says that the same lawyer was just convicted of several crimes, including tax evasion, fraud, and money laundering. That's actually a big case right now. It's not being publicized on the news, but it's a biggie. I thought I had looked deep into every one of you, but you slipped through the cracks. I'm not saying you're a bad lawyer at all. You might be a very good lawyer, but the company would never let me hire you due to the heat from your past employer. I also know all of this because we're representing them. Suit six. I thought it was too good to be true. I completely understand. Andrew. I'm sorry. I'm sure you will make a very good lawyer somewhere else. I wish I could do more but my hands are tied. Thank you for stopping by. Suit 6. Thank you. Thank you Mr. Hernandez. Suit 6 stands up and tucks in their chair. They begin walking towards the door as Andrew makes a note of something. He looks up and points at suit 5. Andrew. Now we are left with suit 5. Why should I hire you? Suit 5. Truth be told, I was convicted of a felony when I was 16 years old. I did mention that in my file and I believe honesty goes a long way. That's why I mention it on my file and out loud. Now society is willing to give second chances. And I will be living proof of that. I am not ashamed of being who I once was. We all should be open to change and welcome it with open arms. Andrew, you're absolutely right. Society should be willing to give second chances. You stay. We started with eight and we now have five. Suit seven. How are we going to move from here? Andrew. That's easy. I will pick the person who I would hire out of you five based on everything I know about you all. The final four will be split up and compete in a debate. The team that wins, gets the job along with the one I hand pick. Three new lawyers at the office in this department. Suit two. Who would you hire out of us five? Andrew. You all are the very best of the bunch without a doubt, but from I've seen. I would hire suit number three. She's got the guts that most lawyers only wish they had. She is officially hired. The remaining four of you get ready for your debate because it's going to get messy. The debate will start tomorrow and Mr. Yale himself along with some of our staff will be present. Suit five. Are you going to tell us what the debate will be on? Who will we be teamed up with? Andrew. You all will find that out tomorrow. Good luck. I have a meeting to prepare for. Good job everyone. See you all then." Suit 3 reveals a small smile on her face. Everyone else looks at everyone else left wondering how Andrew is going to pair them up. They have one more thing to go through if and before they are hired. Andrew gets up and smiles as the screen goes black. Dash. Scene 5. Recovery, continued. 3.17pm. June 8, 2014. We see Eric sitting down on the Dr. Pina's couch. He sits almost slouching as we see Dr. Pina writing something down on his journal. The only noise heard is the fan spinning on top of both of them. The pen is heard being scratched against the paper as Dr. Pina closes his little notebook and turns around to speak to Eric. He sits up to look a little more appropriate because he was starting to slouch. Dr. Pina. Well, Eric. I'm, I'm still at a loss of words. You're telling me that you had someone pull the fire alarm at your school? eric yes dr pina you do realize that you could get into trouble if anyone found out about that eric i think i'm willing to take that risk the scene changes to eric in the bathroom the same bathroom where he was locked in with robert in chapter 12. he stares into the mirror and smiles he doesn't smile much but when he does he smiles he takes off his jacket and we see him wearing a red clown shirt he pulls out a wig out of his pocket he adjusts it carefully he checks the time on his phone. He nods and then walks into the hallway. The fire alarm is heard ringing loudly. Feel Good Inc. by Gorillas begins playing in the background. We are shown all six hallways in the school with a person at the end of each hallway. Some of them throw candy into the air while others throw flyers into the air. We catch a glimpse of a flyer in the air. It reads RIP Creepy Clown. Everybody begins exiting the classrooms into the hallways. Everyone at the doors except Eric begins running. Eric stands still as people see him all dressed up. He shakes hands with a couple of them and they rejoice that it was Eric. Boy 1. I knew it was you bro. You were the fucking clown. Haha. Ha. Girl 3. Oh my god, you're the clown. Girl 2. He's the creepy clown. Ah. I knew it. Boy 4. Creepy clown. Creepy clown. Creepy clown. Everyone joins in with the chant as the music continues. That's where Eric notices the teachers rushing towards the middle of the circle. Eric busts a couple of moves with his classmates. The teachers finally reach the middle to stop Eric, but he's gone. He's on the floor crawling away. Almost as if on purpose or by accident, the sprinklers start pouring on all of them. Eric is lost in the scuffle and the teachers forget about it. This causes everyone to begin screaming and run into panic. The teachers try to control all the students, but it's to no avail. They all begin running outside as the actual school bell rings and they are all dismissed for the summer. Teacher. Where is the creepy clown? Who is the creepy clown? Hey. Hey. Hey you. A couple of students run past her and ignore her question. She finally ambushes a student and the student drops some of their candy that they had in their hands. Teacher one. Who is the creepy clown? Student. The one with the wig and red shirt. Teacher one. Where is he? student are you assuming clowns can't be girls miss sanchez teacher just get and keep walking have a good summer i'll see you next year kids and their fucking sarcasm the camera then catches up on the other side with eric who already changed his clothes he catches up with all his friends who are on the other side of the school we see them continue walking off into summer vacation teacher one why did the fire alarm go off teacher two They think it was an actual staff member. Someone left something burning in the teacher's lounge. Teacher 1. Hmm. Seems fishy. Teacher 2. It's summer. Who cares. Woo. Free candy. They got Snickers. Teacher 1 nods with agreement but still wonders how the fire alarm went off. She still wonders who is the creepy clown as most do. She walks back into the school and picks up a flyer that got trampled and stepped on. She takes it in her hand as she walks away, The camera then goes through the hallway showing all the mess that was left behind. The camera then goes back to Eric and his friends entering a McDonald's laughing and cheering. They all smile one last time as they made it through sophomore year. We see a montage of little snippets of sophomore year with Eric and his friends, for better or worse moments. It shows Brandon and Eric walking as a bee jumps on his shirt. He runs around trying to get it off. Brandon laughs almost falling over as Eric can't seem to shake the bee off. We then see the tree stump being pulled out of the ground representing Robert and everything he represented. A couple of happy flashbacks with Robert are shown such as the day he agreed to stop pushing Eric around. Eric remembers only the good times and chooses to not remember a bad moment or bad moments at all in this little montage he is playing in his mind. We also see Gabby and Eric give a presentation in front of their class. The whole class laughs along with Gabby as Eric does a dance of sorts in front of the class. He smiles at her and she claps along with everyone else in the audience. We also see Jerry and Eric playing cards giving each other stares. Eric looks at his cards and then looks down on the table. We then see Eric, Silver, Miguel, and Luis eating lunch smiling and making hand movements. We then get a glimpse of the day of Gabby's goodbye party with all of his friends present. The camera gets a shot of each of them leading to Eric and Gabby sitting at the couch. Smiling to one another. Then leading to Gabby handing Eric the envelope of photos and giving him a final goodbye hug. The car drives away as Eric stands still and the scene goes back to Eric and his friends at McDonald's in line ready to order. All happy. Almost forgetting about the consequences that can come out of it. All of it. Eric, voiceover. That was awesome. I couldn't have asked for a better ending to a school year. This year with the whole school shooting, it, it left me a little traumatized. I can't say it didn't. Dr. Pina has helped me come a long way from that and I'm thankful for him. My friends. Well, they've helped me get where I am too. I don't know how I would have been able to get this far without them. I love them. I never expected Gabby to leave. That thought crosses my mind a good amount too. I know she'll be happy. I know I'll be happy. The feet pictures are great what can I say? Sophomore year has come and gone and summer starts, now. The screen goes black and returns to Eric sitting down with Dr. Pina. Eric. Well, well yeah, I mean, I didn't pull it. The person who pulled it had a mask on. I don't know how the sprinklers went off because I didn't do that. I was responsible for all the papers on the floor and most of the candy wrappers laid all about the school but I didn't really do anything bad. Dr. Pina. I think I've known you for a while Eric and well, I consider you a good kid so maybe it was just a one-time occurrence of going against what was right. You broke rules and you could have gotten into serious trouble. Eric. I know it wasn't what I normally do but it just felt good to be somebody you know. Most of my life I have felt like a nobody but after that, I felt like a somebody. Nobody will ever forget the creepy clown after what I pulled today. Dr. Pina. Right. So yes of course, we all want to feel special. We all have this need to feel like the center of the world but there's limits to everything. Without limits, the world would be chaotic. Eric. I guess. I did think I was going a little too far but with the year that I've had, I thought I deserved a little rebellion you know? Dr. Pina. I, I suppose so. We mustn't take advantage of the trauma we have with us because then that defeats the purpose of getting better. I do hope that this is a one-time occurrence and that you let it happen because I'm sure you orchestrated most of the thing. What did your friends think about it? Eric. They liked it. All of my friends helped out one way or another. It was an awesome day. After everything, we went out to eat and ended the year on a high note. I didn't tell my friends this because I didn't want to seem lame or whatever but I actually ended up calling the principal after hanging out with my friends. Dr. Pina. You called the principal? Eric. Yes. Dr. Pina. You called the principal that you played a part in all that? Eric. No. I did an even better thing. I told him I alone did everything. I took credit for all the mess and all the commotion. He looked at my record and saw that I was a good kid. I mean I've never gotten into trouble before or anything and he actually wanted me to rat out who helped me and I wouldn't budge. He ended up admiring me for taking all the blame that so clearly should have gotten a handful of people into trouble. Dr. Pina. Well, you should have started with that haha, what else did he say? Eric. He said my punishment would be to come back to school next week and to help clean up all the mess. He also suggested I come for that whole week and help anybody who needed help in the school. So, yeah. It looks like I have my first plans for the summer. Dr. Pina. I was worrying for you, Eric, and you brought me a plot twist that I did not expect in this conversation. Eric. I got a conscious doctor. Ha. Dr. Pina. We all need one of those. We all have one. Tragically, this world has too many people who pretend they don't have one. Eric. Why is that? Dr. Pina. I'll let you know when we find an answer to that one. Eric and Dr. Pina laugh as the screen goes black. Dash. Scene 6. Fresh Blood Part 3. March 7, 2049. We see Andrew in his office typing up a document as he stares at his watch. It shows that it's 5.46pm. He continues typing as we see everyone else start to leave for the day. He waves at a couple of them as he takes a sip of his coffee. Andrew. Cold coffee ain't it. He then shuts his computer off and gets his briefcase and all his belongings ready to leave. He now has his suit on again and fills his briefcase with document after document. Andrew. Should I take my, nah, I don't think I'll need it. Well, do I? I'm not taking it. He adjusts his tie and fixes his hair quickly as he leaves his office and starts walking through the hallway of the building that is almost empty. He walks by the front desk we saw on the other side. We see the receptionist barely packing her belongings. We see her name on the desk Angie. Angie. When are you taking me for dinner huh? Andrew. You're very sweet, but I'm married with a daughter. Quite happy. Angie. So? Andrew. Well, clearly you have no morals. Be better Angie. Angie. I'll be waiting for you to call me because one day. You will. Andrew. I doubt it. Have a good day nonetheless. Angie. You too Mr. Hernandez. You too. Andrew. God bless that woman. Andrew exits the building and walks towards the parking garage that is right next door. He continues walking as we see two men walking slowly behind him. He continues walking up to the second floor of the garage as they slowly follow go up the steps. He opens the door to to go to the garage and it makes a loud thud when it closes behind him. He starts walking to his car as he hears the loud thud of the door again but doesn't see anybody in sight. He stops momentarily and then begins walking to his car. The two men are nowhere in sight. He unlocks his car as the briefcase swings in his hand and is tossed into the passenger seat. We then see him look around to see if he sees anyone but he doesn't. He starts the car and begins driving away. He drives down the ramp as a car that's already on gets out of the first floor parking garage and begins trailing him. Andrew is oblivious to it and keeps driving. They both keep driving as the roads become smaller and the sun begins setting. Andrew makes a left and didn't put his blinker as the street light turns red. The car stays behind with only another car behind them. They hit the steering wheel as we are are then taken back to Andrew driving as he eventually reaches his dad's place. We then see another car pull up right behind him and parks right next to him. Driver. Did you order five pizzas, two pastas, and 15 wings? Andrew. I didn't but I know who did. I'll take it. What's the total? Driver. It's um, $62.58, sir. Andrew. Here you go. Andrew hands him four $20 bills. Driver. Would you like change? Andrew. No, keep the change. Driver. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Andrew. Yeah, no problem. Andrew closes his door and grabs hold of all the food as he knocks on the door of Alejandro's home and we see a car drive by with the window lowered slowly looking all around and then slowly lifts his window up as Andrew steps inside. The scene changes to everyone in the living room talking and rejoicing that the food is there. Leah. And he got the pizza guys. Let's eat. Ray said he's on his way already. Alejandro. You heard the lady. To the kitchen. Sir Smith. I have set the table. I also brought the chips, ranch, parmesan, and red pepper on the side in case anyone wants any. Alejandro. Thank you Smith. Sir Smith. My pleasure sir. Alejandro. Have you eaten Smith? Stay for a slice at least. You're as much a part of this family as I am. Sir Smith. Thank you sir. I suppose I can stay for a slice. Brian. You can sit next to me Smith. Sir Smith. Huh. Okay my dear Brian. Thank you. Brian. Grandpa can sit next to me on the other side. Alejandro's phone starts ringing. He hears it and looks at it quickly as his expression of smiling changes slightly. Alejandro. I'm getting a phone call. Excuse me for a moment quickly. Alejandro steps out into the hallway as he answers the phone. Alejandro. Hello. Caller. We followed two men who were apparently following Andrew, but we lost track of them. They were just following slowly behind and it didn't look like they even tried to find his path when they lost him. Alejandro. Did Andrew notice anything? Caller. He may have heard or sensed something, but we'll keep our eyes open regardless. We have several of our men around and close by in case anything happens. Don't worry, sir. We are here to serve and protect you and your family at any means necessary. Alejandro. Thank you for keeping me updated. The call ends. Frasa steps out into the hallway as the loud noise from the dining room can be heard. Fraser, Is everything okay? Alejandro. A couple of men were following and stalking Andrew. Fraser, Mike's men? Alejandro. I don't know, he didn't say but I'll assume yes. The Ides of March approaches closer and closer and I worry for what Mike has in store for us. He could come for my children and I cannot allow for anything bad to happen. We must find him soon. Frasa You have people watching over all of us at all times. I'm sure Mike isn't stupid enough to try to take one or any of us. I don't think he's that stupid. Everything will be fine. When our people find him, which they will, we'll put all of this behind us. Alejandro. I hope so Frasa. I hope so, but that's not all. Frasa What else happened? Alejandro. Mike called me yesterday. Frasa he did? What did he say? Alejandro. He says that someone in my family has betrayed me and that he has proof that they betrayed me. fraser Did he say who? Alejandro. No. fraser The traitor will be revealed if there was a traitor. Alejandro. I hate these mind games. I should have made sure his heart stopped beating before I buried him. fraser It's not your fault for whatever he does from this point on. Leah exits the dining room and walks by them. Leah. What are you all talking about over here? Freyza. Oh, nothing important, dear. Alejandro. An old friend called. I was just telling Freyza if she remembered him. Leah. Oh, okay. What did I come out here for? Oh yeah. Ray's here. Leah walks down the hallway to open the door for Ray as Freyza and Alejandro go back into the dining room dropping the previous conversation. The screen goes black. Dash. Scene 7. The ice cream with sprinkles. 3.54 PM. June 8, 2014. Eric walks down the hallway of his therapist's office and as usual and he looks at the paintings on the wall. He continues walking as he also sees the mirror and notices his hair is messy. He stops completely to adjust his hair to the side fixing it as best as he could. Eric. Good enough. He exits to the waiting room where he goes to sit next to Rosie as per the usual. Rosie. Hiya. Eric. How you doing today Rosie? Rosie. I'm always good. Eric. No you're not. Rosie. Haha, you be right. There's some days where I feel like the world is falling on me and there's some days where I feel like a rainbow in the sky. Eric. A rainbow in the sky? Rosie. Yeah. You've never heard that expression? Eric. I don't think anyone has but if that makes you feel good haha then go spread the expression. Rosie. Hey, just between the two of us, does this therapy really help you? Eric. I think it does. Why do you ask? Rosie. Just curious is all. Eric. Do you feel like it's helped you? Rosie. Well yes but like no. You know what I mean? Eric. Um. Rosie. Nobody ever understands me. Sometimes I feel like I'm wasting my time here. The main reason I started coming here was because of my mom and dad's divorce and to also ease myself with my anxiety. Eric. Yeah, you mentioned the divorce part, but you never mentioned the anxiety part. Rosie. It doesn't happen often, but like I think I need like pills or something sometimes because when it comes, it comes. You know, we've been coming here for a while already, but I don't think you've ever told me why you really come here. Why do you come here Eric? You seem... Normal. Eric. Normal? Dang. I guess I'm normal. I am. I went through a couple of things that were a bit, some would say traumatic. Rosie. Oh. Well as long as you're getting the help you need I guess that's all that matters. You know what I've been in the mood for? Eric. What? Rosie. I've been wanting some ice cream. Like an ice cream cone with sprinkles because I'm a rainbow today. Eric it's been a while since i've had ice cream rosie let's go eric where are we going rosie to get some ice cream eric where rosie next door they got an ice cream place at the end of the next plaza eric what about our parents rosie they won't mind that we got a little bit of ice cream they begin walking down the plaza leaving the reception area rosie Holy shit. Eric. What ha ha. Rosie. I forgot to ask you why you didn't tell me that you were the clown. I had wanted to ask you. I heard that at your school that the clown revealed himself on the last day of school. You really did all that? Eric. I um, I did. With the help of some friends obviously. Rosie. Yes. I heard you got people to set off the fire alarm and even the sprinklers. My friends told me that it was you wearing a clown shirt and a clown wig with the nose and everything. I would have liked to have been a witness to all that. Lola was in the crowd when the teachers started pushing students out of the way to get him and you, you got away. Eric. Ha ha. I got lucky. The creepy clown got lucky kitty. Rosie. Hold up, hold up. Let me take a pic with you. Eric. Okay. Rosie snaps a selfie of both of them together as she sends it to her friends. Rosie. I couldn't believe it when you posted it on Twitter. You knew I was a follower and you didn't say anything? Eric. I'm sorry. Rosie. You're smart cause I would have spread it everywhere. Smart cookie. Eric. Only a handful of my friends knew. A lot of them helped me do the things at school because obviously I didn't do it alone. Rosie. Wow. Rosie's phone beeps. Oh look it's Lola. She replied back quickly. Bitch ha. Rosie replies back. Rosie. She says that's so cool that you're the clown. She also says that we should all hang out and that she's upset because she wanted ice cream too. They enter the ice cream parlor as the conversion continues. Rosie. We should all hang out. What do you say Eric? You, with me and my clique huh? We cool. Kinda. Eric. I don't see why not. Rosie. Cool. They'll be psyched. Ice cream man Hi, what would you all want today? Rosie I want a pistachio ice cream sugar cone with sprinkles Ice cream man What about you young man? Eric I'll have a um, there's so many choices Ice cream man Take your time to think about it Eric I'll have a butter pecan cake cone Rosie No sprinkles? Eric Add sprinkles too Ice cream man Yeah, yeah, everybody wants sprinkles. The ice cream man makes their cones as the screen goes black. Dash, scene eight, the pizza dinner, March 7th, 2049. We get an aerial shot of everyone sitting down, eating down on all the food as the chatter overtakes most of the noise in the house. We see Smith laughing with Brian as we see Alejandro smile for a bit as he eats his food in silence. Ray, Mr. Galdoms, Alejandro, Yes? Ray. I just wanted to tell you how lucky you are to have such a beautiful family. I hope I have as much love and as much of a great family as you one day. You're a very lucky man, sir. Alejandro. I am very lucky to have everyone here in my life. We started with an elegant dinner. The first time I ever invited you all into my home and look at us now we're having pizza for dinner. Brian. Pizza for dinner is the best thing ever, grandpa. Alejandro. It does make me feel young again. Carol. I used to not like pizza when I was a kid, but I finally tried it as an adult and fell in love with it. Especially during the pregnancy. I had Andy constantly on almost a weekly basis, buy me pizza. I would always have thin crispy with pepperoni and pineapple. Brian. Pizza with pineapple? That's gross. Pineapple is a fruit and it shouldn't be on pizza. Ray. I agree. I'm not a fan of pineapple on pizza. Leah. I like pineapple and I like pizza by themselves but together? That doesn't sit right with me either girl. Carol. Have you ever tried it? Leah. No. Carol. Well, there's still some left with pineapple. I suggest give it a try before you agree with them. Andrew. I was with you all too. I thought it was gross but I finally tried it and it ain't that bad. It gives a little sweet taste. Sir Smith. My girls hated pineapple. They loved almost every fruit except pineapple. I could never get them to like it, even as adults, they still hate it. Fraysa. I think pineapple on pizza is good. I'm feeling a lot of feelings on this side of the table on people who don't like pineapple on their pizza but it's good guys. Have you tried it Ray? Ray I've tried it a couple of times and no, no I didn't like it. You Alejandro I'm siding with Carol on this. I like pineapple on my pizza and then I like to dip it into some ranch. Fraser loves doing that too. Carol. Yeah, um I like pineapple on my pizza but ranch on the pizza? That's a no-no for me. I like ranch on my chicken wings but not on my pizza. Andrew. I like ranch on my pizza. I tried that with my roommates when I was in college. He liked ranch with everything. Fraser, That's me right there. I like ranch with everything. Alejandro. That's true. She does. I like ranch with a lot of things, but the food I liked with ranch, I usually don't eat anymore. Fresa, He's always eating the healthy food that Smith makes. He rarely wants to eat food like this. I wouldn't be lying when I say that he eats all these types of foods with you all because he doesn't eat it with me. I like this type of food and I'll eat it every so often, but him, nope, he's changed. He used to love this food. Alejandro. I don't eat this food because of my health. Andrew, do you got health problems, dad? Fraysa. He's always said he does it for his health but he's been as healthy as a horse for as long as I can remember. Alejandro. I don't got health problems per se right but I like taking care of myself. Brian. Grandpa's strong. You all should see him work out. We did pull-ups a while back and he did so many back to back. He's like a terminator or something. Andrew. I need to get that kind of motivation. Ray. I work out every once in a while but I get lazy. I'm a lazy person when it comes to having a schedule to work out. Carol. That's me right now but I've been slowly getting back to it. Fraser, He's always insisting I join him but I'm not all into his type of workouts. I like working out alone. I don't like working out with others seeing me. Andrew. I still got some dumbbells at my place and I haven't used them in so long. Carol's the one that occasionally now started to use them. Carol. I want some toned legs and arms Andy. Andrew. We don't want you to get too strong. Carol. Are you afraid that I can end up being stronger than you? Andrew. I fear for the day that you'll be so strong and you'll try to take me down. Carol. Ha ha. You're so silly. Leah. Who was your friend that called you dad? Alejandro. He was just an old friend. Frank was his name. He was um, he was reaching out to me because he needed a small favor. He just got laid off from his job and he was asking me if I willing to be one of his recommendations. Leah. Well that's nice of you dad. Alejandro. I try to be Ha, Andrew. You all should have seen the people I hired today. We started with eight and ended up with five. I was playing mind games with them and I put them on the spot and everything. Three of them didn't play ball so they were told to leave and they left. They were supposed to refuse to leave but they didn't understand the game so they weren't hired. I think Y&T will benefit with having these high res. Ray. I forget that you're a lawyer sometimes man. How is that going at the moment? Andrew. It's a fun job, if you ask me. Some people will tell you that it's boring. Carol. I lost joy in what I was doing. Maybe it was where I was working. Maybe it was just the fact that my feet were always inflamed and I didn't want to be standing on my feet. I had been losing interest in what I did and I think you should have joy and passion in what you do, you know? Ray. Well, yeah, of course. I don't think you can strive and succeed as well in something. If you don't like it, you need to like it. Leah's that way. She loves her job and she never implies otherwise. Leah. It's a fun job. What can I say? I'm happy with what I do. Andrew. How's the construction going? Leah. The second one is almost done being built. Andrew. Wow, sis. I'm glad that we both became successful. A huge thanks to the Hernandezes for believing in us and for giving us a good foundation. I don't think we would have been where we are without them. Alejandro. I think just the same kids. I I don't think you all would be as great as you are now if I had known about you all and raised you myself. I'm thankful that you too had a very good upbringing from the Hernandezes. They did a way better job than I believe I would have done. I'll always be grateful to them for everything they did. I don't know if I say this but I love you all. I really do. Brian you say it all the time, grandpa. Alejandro. ha. I am. Um, I love you all and I'm very thankful for every moment we've had together. I could die tomorrow and I could die knowing that these past few months have been some of the, if not, the best times of my life. Brian. Don't say that, grandpa. You're going to live to be 100. Alejandro. Ha. 100? Maybe if I'm lucky son. Ha. Andrew. We love you too, dad. I'm sure I speak for everyone here that we all love you and cherish you. I hope you live to be 100 too. Alejandro. You all want to see me in a cane or in a wheelchair ha? Alejandro, voiceover. Death has always been something that has always been near me but perhaps now more than ever. Will I live to be 100? I hope not. I don't think I'll be that lucky. I've been lucky for most of my life. I see Don Rogelio as somebody who's gotten old and what does he have to show for it? He has no family and almost no friends. He spends his days watching TV and constantly complaining. It breaks my heart to know that that one day could be my fate. All alone. I sound foolish to imply that I'll even live that long. Maybe before I was diagnosed but not anymore. It feels nice to know that my family would want me to live that long. I truthfully would be fine with being dead sooner rather than later but my family is what keeps my spirit up and my willingness to live and keep moving forward. They are the light in my day and I wish days with them could last forever. The screen goes black.